Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt.
are definitely going to lose a big chunk of power over this. What do you say, Carl? I I, I do think that there's something there. Um, it's going to take a while. I do think that theaters will continue. I don't think there's any question about that, but where where you're going to have a problem, I think, is that the big releases aren't going to have as many screens. You're going to lose screens over this. And so they're going to have to dial back. I also think this is a really good thing, possibly, for drive-ins and independents. Oh, good God, you don't understand, man. Drive-ins are having their biggest boom time since the 70s Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying, that this situation is going to to, to uh, benefit, actually, the drive-ins and the independent theaters and films. I really do. Yeah. And we've already proved that people are dumb enough to pay $20 for a rental. No. Yeah. Agreed. I would never pay $20 for one movie to rent. Now, I mean, I have paid uh, almost $20 to go see a film in Manhattan. Uh, but uh, no. I'm, no, no friggin' way. And you know what? You have all these wonderful uh, uh, streaming services. Okay? And you've got you know, let alone HBO, all the channels, right? You've got Shutter, which is a great service. You've got uh, Night Flight. You've got the Criterion Channel. That you have all these movies to watch. And believe you me, there's wonderful uh, content out there. And that's the one thing I think this is going to really help streaming in, in terms of uh, the more genre-specific. I think it's really good Yeah, George Clinton said it. Free your mind. Absolutely. Learn to learn to uh, uh, read subtitles. Really, seriously. Well, I'm not read joking. subtitles. Just learn to watch movies that might be stuff that you wouldn't watch normally. Like right. You know. Like, the big movie on Netflix right now is Tiger King, and it's about, it's basically, basically, you're basically crazy-ass, redneck, gay, tiger-owning. Murder, drugs, conspiracy type show. And we need that type of insanity right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, Criterion, right now, maybe for the end of the month, you can go see things like, uh, well, end of the month is leaving Brother John, which is one of the most bizarre religious allegories you're ever going to see. Or I don't even know if it is a religious allegory. It is. It is. Trust me. <laughs> I know I it is, them. but you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it, it's... You know what's a good pairing of that? And this one's not on, on uh, uh, Criterion, but The Angel of Being. Uh, they're both really, 
That's a good pairing. Uh, Brother John stars uh, Sidney Poitier. And and I like it. I, I'm going to watch that before it goes out in the next two days. So I'm going to make sure I watch that tomorrow. And Paul Schrader has hardcore up there. And the one that if you're a Paul Schrader fan, you probably haven't seen, but you need to see, it's Mishima of filming through four acts. Mm-hmm. I would also uh, uh, put a push out for another Schrader film. Stephen doesn't like it as much as I do. Uh, but Adam Resurrected, I think, is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and that's leaving on Wednesday, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's just so much out there that you can watch right now. And to quote a line from the Bare Naked Ladies, if you're bored, then you're boring. Yeah, that's true. It's like, we got a pandemic, you're stuck in the house. What are we going to do? Uh, we can watch B-movies. Yeah, but you always do that. Okay, let's get the art film network and do some artier type films. Ah! Let's, let's, let's get the horror thing and do some Scandinavian horror and some Japanese horror and stuff we've never seen before. Yeah. Well, it really let's was go to like Night the first time me and you've watched The Brood just being able to look at it through analytical eyes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um and 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 you know, I mean there's so much out there. Night flight is really cool too. Uh, oh, I, 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 I would put a push flight. for that. What? I love me some night flight. I've got that. Yeah. Yeah, but seriously it's just one of those things I just watch it and go Oh, 80s, I remember the good parts. Like, what other <laughs> show from the 80s are you going to get a 40-minute takeoff on, as they call them, takeoff, which means showing of videos and talking about Klaus fucking know me? <laughs> yep. Or Lydia Lunch, which they did. Oh, yes, they did. And you know what? If I you're not a movie that person... I was like bringing with... New York to the masses. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, Night Flight is great. But you know what? If you're not even a movie person and you're somehow listening to this, you know what? Your local library probably has tons of free e-books. And certainly the New York City Library does. And and, and they have all yeah, that. They just are... released 101... One uh, Dr. Seuss books and Muppet books. Yeah, but don't forget, you're one pinky toe away from uh, being in lockdown. Yeah, we are. And so, you know what? They released a crap load of um, musicals online. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you're a horror fan, the one that I recommend, if you haven't seen it before, is the Angela Lansbury version of Sweeney Todd. Oh, fucking awesome. Awesome. Love yes, her. Yes, I'm the kind of snob when it comes to Sweeney Todd. I can tell you what I like about each version. Okay, why don't you? This is, I, I'm interested. Well, the, the best Pirelli I ever seen was in the Tim Burton version. The best Mrs. Lovett, which me and you fight about, I think is Angela Lansbury. But you say, 
Well, I I say uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, now I miss her place, but um, oh, I can't think of her name right now. But I I can see her. I can't think of her name. But Angela Lansbury is fucking awesome too. Patty Lapone, isn't it? No. That's it, Patty Lapone. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's been so many good versions of it out there. And for us kids, you new ones wasn't there, wouldn't know. Curly, wasn't it Curly Neal? Curly Neal, absolutely. Died last week. That In the 70s, there were always two big tickets to come to town when you were a kid. One was the Ringland Brothers and Barnum and Bailey's Brother Circus. And what was the second, Carl? Well, that would happen to be the Harlem Globetrotters. And and Curly yeah. Neal was one of the, the, the members uh, the original of that, member. along with me- original members, along with Meadowlark, Lemon, and, and, and various other ones. But they were so much fun. I, re- I never saw them alive, uh, but I saw, they used to run them on TV a lot. And they were yeah, so much fun. Yeah, you would see Game of Thrones maybe twice a year or three times a year from uh, ABC's Wild Wide World of Sports. Sports. Sorry, my tongue just kicked my ass right there. But yeah, what they started out is a basketball team that was about bar- barnstorming the deep south, and they were in. Towns that didn't even have basketball courts. They said the one that nearly broke their minds is uh, it was a swimming pool. So imagine playing a basketball game in a swimming pool, Carl, where if you oh, got cool. the shallow end of the court as your goal, you could just boom, 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 boom. But if you got the yeah, deep end. Strange. They said that night that the first half they got the shallow end, the local boys was beating them, and they're like, yeah, kick those niggers' asses. And then they got the second half of the game. They started getting shallow end, so they was just going boom, 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 and they noticed that the audience was wanting to kill them. Mm -hmm. So they started doing goofy shtick. Like uh, Metal Arc Lemon said, okay, when I go for the next uh, uh, goal up here and I try to dunk it, uh, kneel down a little bit and I'll jump up on your shoulders. And they're like, what? Trust me. Let's see what happens. Huh? <laughs> and the whole audience just, just went up roar. So they, so they just basically started doing this. Steven? Doing it as a carnival act. Well, goodness gracious. Steven seems to have left the building, um, but we're doing we're doing well. Oh, you're there. I I yeah. didn't hear you. But what happened you is they started doing it as a carnival act, right, Carl? With all of the right, exactly. Silliness. And that that's what made them. And of course, they had a. Uh, a team called the Washington Nationals they would always play. And actually, the Washington Nationals were on the payroll also. And yeah. uh, uh, they they were always 
doomed to lose most of the time. I think they won a couple of times. Yeah. But uh, and do you know why they play named their team named the team the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, not because they were from Harlem. I know that. Right. What was the capital of Black USA back then? Well, Harlem at that point. Yeah. Yeah, Harlem was the capital of Black USA. So they were. So they thought. We're traveling all over the world, and Harlem's the capital of Black USA, so we're the Harlem Globetrotters. There you go. And you know what? The one thing about the Globetrotters, you know, you think, oh, they're they're a basketball team, you know, whatever. They had they sang, they had albums, they they had a uh, a, a, t- a cartoon show. They uh, had two. I- they had two. Yeah, yeah you're one right. was a to. Scooby-Doo type cartoon. And, and the, the other second one was... was them as superheroes, well, the robotic globetrotters or something. I forget the name, but Curly had, like, uh, metal extending arms. Yeah. Metal Arc was like yeah. Mr. Fantastic, stretching everywhere. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of. I mean, they they were great personalities, and and they were they were, you know, just so much fun. I always enjoyed watching them. And so, you know, with Curly passing, Metalark passed uh, about four or five years ago, but uh, uh, with Curly passing, you know, it's it's the end of an era, because I think all yeah, the original, original ones heart and soul of the band of, well, yeah, of the of the brand. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you to all of them. Oh, and it's come out that most of uh, Stuart Gordon's stuff that we're talking about is on either on Amazon Prime or Shudder. If you got Shudder, you can watch Doll. If you have the combination Shudder. Amazon Prime Package, you can watch Doll, King of the Ants, Stuck, Reanimator, Dagon. Uh, Robo Jocks, yep. I think, is on uh, Amazon Prime. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah. Um. And if you haven't seen them, please try King of the Ants and Stuck. And Edmund. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know if Disney has uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids on. No, I have no idea on that. I don't know that. That's actually not one of the uh, streaming services I'll be getting. I can guarantee you. There's not much there. But yeah, this is this is going to get a lot. No bullshit intended. This is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Just stay inside, people, or just back, follow orders. Be good little Samaritan citizens. I'm, and I will say this jokingly, but from the bottom of my heart, this is the only time in this humanity's life where you can be a badass mother. Fucker, by laying on your ass and doing nothing. 
<laughs> well, you know what? You got to do something. You know, I mean, one of the things we have not talked about, and of course we were just talking about the Harlem Globetrotters, is that there's no sports to watch. And the sports fans are being fucking jeez about this. Bless you all. Oh, absolutely. Seriously. Yeah, the NCAA uh, fans. Well, there's coaches that are trying to get the guys one-year extensions so they can play at the game, but hey, sorry. It happens. This is this is like going up to the craps table and rolling a triple seven. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. And if it does, you might be taken into the back room and accused of cheating. But this is one of those one-in-a-million things where people are actually doing pretty good, except for some people. You can't get supplies unless you're nicer to me. What? Oh, let's not get into politics. I don't want to fucking go yeah, there. Yeah, I know really. politics still, yeah. But, yeah, sports. Uh, we've already lost the NCAA. But look what Baseball. WWE is doing with WrestleMania, Carl. How much fun would it be to watch the Stanley Cup being played in an empty arena? No. <laughs> or no. the World Series in a, the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh winning the World Series in an empty arena. Nope. Sports without fans is like Italian food without tomato sauce. Well, there is Italian food without tomato sauce. sauce. Yeah, just sauce. It ain't going to work. Or Jewish food without chicken. (laughs) Well, tell me. Name a Jewish food that doesn't have either A, that uses chicken broth, A, chicken fat, or A, chicken base. Uh, I can name several. (laughs) Whitefish well, salad. You know what one. I mean. How about lox? Big, you know, cream cheese and lox. That's not chicken based. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Absolutely. I mean, I even went uh, with my friend Arthur. We went to a, a, a kosher uh, pizza place, and I had mac and cheese pizza. Seriously. Pretty that's cool. Kinda no- that's kind of normal. Yeah. It's tricky to make. Yeah, that, it was fun. In fact, I talked to the guy. I think I talked to him into doing uh, uh, some sharp cheddar on top, too. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to go back there once we can go back there, which, of course, we can't go anywhere right now. You know, all the restaurants are, 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 are closed or are uh, uh, delivery only or pickup only. I mean, it's it's it's... It's insane. I'll tell you this whole thing with with the with the quarantine. Uh, you go out, and I live in Queens, uh, basically in Jackson Heights, uh, very Hispanic. You go out on the street, and there's nobody out there at noontime, except you'll see a line at the grocery store. 
that's it. And those lines, they're six feet, feet apart. People are being really good here. I, I got to really give people credit here in the city. Yeah, last time I went to Walmart, all I heard was, excuse me, thank you, okay, sorry, hey. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. We've gotten rid of the rudeness, people. Don't you fucking dare let it secrete back in. I agree. I agree. But, yeah, sports fans, they're being cool about this. They're like, no hockey, no this. Okay, it's for the best. Or is it because they yeah. realize that sports without fans don't work? Right, and, and, and at this point, if you kept doing those, you know, everybody could get this virus, and so you got to be safe. And everybody yeah. realizes that. I think there, there are very few people. I know people grumble, and I know some people that are grumbling. But you know what? When it comes right down to it, I'd rather... Be safe and sorry. Seriously. And is there nothing like being in a baseball stadium, Carl, or football, hockey, and you see your team hit that goal, and then you hear you and all of the fans of your team, Yeah, absolutely. That's the drug. Right there. That's the drug. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah, we're here to we're talking sports, sports movies. If and like I said before, you better appreciate them even more when they come back. That's what you need to learn is to appreciate. You know what? On on that level, uh, you know, we all like to go out to eat. We all like to do things, right? You know, when this is said and done, get the people around you that, that you love. Go to a restaurant. Go to a movie theater. Go to a sporting event. Really appreciate what they do for us, what the arts and, and, and entertainment does for us. Because I'll tell you what, without the arts and entertainment right now, we'd all be going a hell of a lot more crazy than we are. Yeah. No question. Well, yeah, sports. I mean, my dad was a Tennessee junkie. You would always hear John Ward playing every weekend around here. Mm-hmm. Who's your radio guy? Well, there, we had a couple, but the main guy in Pittsburgh was a guy by the name of, this is Myron Cope on sports. And he had this really unique voice. That's about as close as I can get to it. And he's and the he, one that, hold on, he's the one that, that designed the terrible towel. He was the voice of Pittsburgh uh, as far as football was concerned. The voice of Pittsburgh for baseball was a guy by the name of Bob Prince. And before him, it was Rosie Rosewell. But in my time, it was Bob Prince. And the one thing I always say about Pittsburgh sports is I was a Pittsburgh fan in the womb. I didn't have a choice. I really didn't. My, both my mother and my father were huge Pittsburgh fans. And so you come out and it was all Pittsburgh. No matter how bad the club was, 
Because back in the early 60s, mid-60s, they sucked, both teams. But, but you know, I mean, it also goes with the Pitt Panthers. Uh, uh, and at one point, uh, we had an ABA club called the Pittsburgh Condors. And, and the one game I ever went to see, a basketball game, I saw Dr. J play. And that was on the Pittsburgh Condors. So, you know, I'm always going to be a Pittsburgh fan. Never going to change. Ever. <laughs> and the difference between a good radio sport color guy and a bad one is Carl's lifting this cup of coffee to his lips and he took a drink. That's a bad one and a good one. Carl's reaching for his bug. He's got it. He's feeling that the mud's a little hot. Is he going to blow on it, folks? Is he going to blow on it, or is he going to go dangerous and just take a drink? (laughs) Oh, he's blowing on it, folks. He's blowing on it. It's going to be a little cooler. He's with his lips. It's safe. He did it. He didn't burn himself, folks. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) But, yeah, didn't the great sports guys have that ability to put you in the stadium and just get you that nerve wreck just on like a 3-2 pitch. What that mm-hmm. means is three... Three balls, see, two strikes. Three, three walks, two strikes. And the next pitch is going to either be a walk, uh, a, a strikeout, or hit somewhere. Yeah. And they have to be able to make you nervous, to make you feel that pitch, to make you feel what the batter's feeling. Or if you're another team, make you feel what the pitcher's feeling. They have to put the feeling into it. Yep. You know who the best commentator I consider in movies ever, in a sports movie ever is? Who? Bob Euchre of Major League. There's a couple of good ones, but Euchre's probably the best. Because of how he started the first season, of like, yeah, I got a bottle of whiskey here. This is going to suck. <laughs> yeah. And then by the end of the movie, he's just like, Ugh. you know. Yeah. That's a wonderful movie, and and we'll get to that. For, for but, sure. yeah, you needed these we we did we had these radio commentators that would even if we couldn't get the game on TV. Hell, my dad was uh, uh, the guy from Tennessee. I forget his name. I've said it, but we wouldn't even listen to the TV commentators. We would turn the sound off and listen to the radio guys. Your dad would do that with them too, wouldn't he? Oh, absolutely. In fact, we would we would if it was a national game, we'd watch the national game, but we have the radio for the local, uh, the, the 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 local uh, uh, announcers. Yeah, because they would be so able we, to put you in the game more. I miss those guys. Mhm. Yeah. I do too. I don't. It's not and the hardest job. I ever seen a commentator. Imagine if you were watching a Pittsburgh Pirates guy with a local game, and the Pirates were basically doing the conga line shit from the Bugs Bunny cartoon. 
<laughs> and he still had to make the game exciting for the people listening. Oh, absolutely. I seen one year Tennessee won a title where they won the game like maybe fifty six to zero. <laughs> and John Ward was having me like, Well, yep, we got another twenty yards. Maybe they'll come back and give us a better game, but who knows, you know. Yeah. Having to do their best work. You know, you know some, something I have to say about commentators is if you remember back a while back, of course, Monday Night Football was huge. And, and of course, you go back to the old days with Cozell and, 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 and Gifford and all those people. But back about, what was it, 15, 20 years ago, they experimented, and I gotta give um, uh, what's his name um, Miller uh, credit for at least being one of the most unusual color commentators I've ever heard in my life. Dennis Miller, seriously, they didn't know what the hell to do with it, and unfortunately, he's like not Tom as funny Bear as he used to be. <laughs> He, I mean, Cosell wasn't there at the time, but he, he definitely, they did not know what to do with him, and it was just, I, I found it extremely amusing, but that was me. I'm afraid if I was a color guy, I'd be like that, too. It would, like, be film, film references to that that nobody would fucking get. So I can't, yeah. trust me. Well, the best one is there was this guy who was playing for a team. He was a Polish guy named Balzac. And Cosell told the color team before the game, okay, we have a guy on his team named Balzac. Don't really play up his name. <laughs> and Meredith kept doing that every chance he could. Absolutely. They grabbed Balzac. Oh, they can't lick Balzac tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the game, Meredith looked right at Cosell and went, Isn't Balzac a great name? <laughs> oh, that's and beautiful. And you can see Cosell get redder and redder in the face. <laughs> I, You know what? I loved Cosell. I loved Cosell. And I, I really did. Yeah. He's quite a character, to say the least. Well, I mean, yeah, we had uh, Cosell, we had uh, Bill Cardilly. Well, hell, what didn't Bill Cardilly do in Pittsburgh? Yeah, but but you know, as I said, the two major guys in in, in Pittsburgh sports and football and baseball was uh, Myron Cope and Bob Prince. They they were just they they were amazing. Seriously, that's who I grew up with. Uh, but you know what? There was uh, there was the guy in Chicago. Uh, I can't think of his name. Euchre, of course, you know, uh, 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 was was a real announcer. You know. Yeah, he couldn't but play yeah. football worth shit, but he could talk. 
Well, you know what? You know, the announcers, sports announcers, in a lot of ways, have their own niche, just like horror hosts, right? Each one yeah. is, is is within an area, and 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 they're there to 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 you know get the fans and get them riled up, and get them interested, and so on and so forth. And it's really really important that each team have somebody that works for them in that way. And they're really good. Seriously. Oh, yeah, like the one for Spain that everyone freaked out at the World Cup, I forget, maybe at the start of the O.O. Oh, oh, you know, uh, European football or soccer people are insane. They're insane. You know, and then, of course, you go the other way. You go to golf commentators. No. Tiger on the third hole. There he is. He's got a seven-foot putt. And he lines it up. There he goes. Putt. Oh, my God. It's in. It's in. You know, it's like that. Yeah, and they can make it good, too. Oh, Tiger Woods is out there today. If he makes his birdie, he'll win the whole tournament. But if he misses it, it'll be anybody's game. It's all up to this 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 swing coat quote. So don't turn <laughs> away, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. Wonderful stuff. And to get well so, now we get yeah, we always had the commentary. Cheerleaders weren't really that big until the guy who owned Dallas realized that tits and ass sold. Well, I'm surprised nobody knew that beforehand. <laughs> yeah, but it's the 70s. You was able to exploit it more. Oh, yeah. And let's be honest, 60% of the, the Cowboys fans during their biggest were not Cowboy fans. They were America's team. Yeah. No, we don't want America's team. We want America's pussy. (laughs) Did the Cowboys, the team, get movies? No. Did the Cowboys, team, get reality shows? No. Did the Cowboys teams get Playboy magazine spread? No. The Cowgirls sure did. (laughs) Yeah, and, and, you know, not that the actual cheerleaders did porn films, but there was Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> That's a great one. If you're looking for a great adult sports film, get that one. If just for Robert <laughs> Kerman as the pervert sports store owner. He's he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we, we love Kerman. We do. Yeah, just let me see it. Just let me see it a little bit. Mr. Brown, come on, just let me see it. Just a nipple, just a nipple, just a nipple. Come on, come on, come on. Like $300. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as good as him at saying that, but he did say it in that no, same but, Yeah. Yep. Now we're in the comedy. The best, isn't it funny that the best sports comedies came out in the 70s? Well, there's a lot well, of them out of. there. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, the Longest Yard. Which I love. I I love The Longest Yard. 
It's a re- and it would be on my top five football movies, but it's not my top one by by any means. Yeah. But but I'd love. That what do you movie. want me to do? Throw that ball and hit him in the ball. <laughs> Break his fucking neck. <laughs> he broke his fucking neck. Neck. <laughs> Well, you can also great go back brothers. in the days. Uh, Horse Feathers with the Marx Brothers is another great football comedy. Absolutely. The Freshman with Harold Lloyd. Oh, yeah. What was the football shorts that the Three Stooges did? I forget the title, but that one's fucking hilarious. Oh, they did a couple, actually, I think. Yeah. I'm thinking of Curly, where basically he ran around the whole team and ran up and down both ends of the field. You know, yeah. But the best football movie, and Carl got me to agree on this, is always going to be, for me, the top five football movies is number five, Friday Night Lights, because my cousin... Anson was playing high school football, and there's not anything in that fucking movie that's not 200% brutally accurate. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told this story on the show, but yeah, I think I did on North South for you, but we're repeating it for new viewers. Uh, he quit his football team when his uh, coach told him, and he's a big 300-pound motherfucker, go out there and break that guy's neck. Anson started laughing, ha ha, and he said, what's so fucking funny, boy, I told you to go out there and break that guy's neck, and Anson just threw his helmet down and walked off the field. Nice. Good for your, good for your cousin. Yeah, I mean, what the hell are they? It's high school football. Oh, I know, here and then all over the South. I don't know how it is up there north. High school football. Well, Pittsburgh is very much uh, uh, football. And that's where I grew up. High school football is a goddamn religion. Second only to college football. So they will wear these boys into a nub with the promise of, oh, if you go out there and do this and do that and fuck up your body, you'll get a college scholarship. Mm-hmm. You know there. Well, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, there was a good, good uh, high school football movie that starred Tom Cruise. All the right moves. All the right moves, and that was set in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was set in Brad. That that was less about football, more about uh, Tom Cruise uh, getting his girlfriend pregnant. Yeah, but you know, you know what? Still, uh, Craig T. Nelson played the coach, and he was. He, there was a lot of that, you know, bullshit that was shown in that movie. Got to give that one a little bit of credit. Yeah, oh, Craig T. Nelson is one of the best scumbag coaches in football movie history, which means he's played the scumbag coach in more than one film. Remember, he played yes, the scumbag coach in Friday Night Lights too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad thing. There's two great movies about the program, which came out the same year as Friday Night Lights, was okay, but it was a Hollywood movie. 
Friday Night Lights, which was sold as this teeny bopper movie, was an ugly, nasty sports movie. No. Did that surprise you when you seen it? You thought you was going to get the Hollywood bullshit movie? Actually, actually, I didn't see it until much later. And, That's what I mean. Irony. Probably you were surprised that you didn't get the uh, you didn't get the Hollywood bullshit movie. Well, the, the thing is, people like you told me to watch it because it wasn't Hollywood bullshit. So I, I yeah. knew at that point. You know, people that trust knew my, my taste and things and that. I mean, we haven't gotten to what we consider our, our favorite film yet, but that's got, uh, you know, I like them ugly and nasty generally. Yeah, what would be yeah. your uh, number five or other, besides number one favorite football movie? Well, you know one that I like, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, but but the guy from uh, uh, um, Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise, um, Bacula. Scott Bacula. Yeah, starred in it, and That's it had Sinbad in it. I, you know, it's a silly movie, but I like that movie. Yeah, but you know what the funniest joke of that movie was? What? When it was cast and shot, everyone was like, Cassie Ireland as a fucking field goal kicker? That's bullshit. And what happened three months in the NFL before <laughs> the movie came yeah, out? exactly. We got mm-hmm. our first female field goal kicker, and she yeah. set records. Yep. It's not that bad a movie. It's not. It's good. It's not great, but it's fun. It's yeah, fun. it's fun. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a fun movie. Uh, with with my favorite film, which, of course, we all know is North Dallas 40, that has uh, some humor in it. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll be quiet. Yeah, I love that. And my number four would be Horse Feather, because I just love the way Gartrell Malx talks about, they're like, you can't cheat, this is football. What do you mean there's no cheating in sports? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> if you really look at horse feathers, it's a lot meaner than you would think. Oh, I, if you look at any Marx Brothers movie, it's a lot meaner than what you think. Well, Seriously. we got Duck Soup. That one is as mean as you would think. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they're all about uh, anarchy. Always. Now, the setup of horse feathers is Groucho plays the head of a college who wants his team to win so he can charge the students more to come there, which was mm-hmm. an outlandish idea back then, but... Not so much now. If you have a PA or a trophy or a game-winning team nowadays, God, how much does it cost just to go to that school? Seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. What would be your next up? Well, you didn't tell me to put five each, so I didn't do that. Well, just think so, of the one you know, that you love. I'm just love, going off the top of my head. Um, really, football, I, I'm so set on my first one that, you know, I have a lot more baseball ones than, than football that I like. Yeah. Well, number three for me, moving on then, would be 
Uh, probably, yeah, Harold Lloyd, the freshman. That's another great one. Oh, that's yeah. These are fun movies. Uh, uh, and 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 I haven't seen the freshman in a long, long time. Uh, but yeah, Harold Lloyd was one of the masters of of uh, physical comedy, and and it's it's a really, really good film. Agreed. And number two and number one are very mean films. Number two, of course, we talked a little bit earlier, was The Longest Yard. God, that has to be the mo- one of the most meanest, brutal football games in movie history, and I love it. Okay, so let's make sure everyone knows we're talking about the 1974 movie. Yeah, the 1974 original with Burt Reynolds. And it's it, 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 I love this movie. They... They peppered it with <coughs> a bunch of players from that era, including Ray Nitschke and, and that. Um, it has one of the first roles for Ed Lauder. Uh, uh, and and uh, the guy from Green Acres, what's his name? Eddie Albert is the... As, as, as the warden, who's an asshole. Yeah. And don't forget... Donna, 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 Donna. Uh, it's a fucking Ludley. Richard Gill, who has one of the best post moments ever. It's like when you're in the first lineup, and Richard Gill just looks at the little guy and goes, Ah! And the little guy runs <laughs> off the field. Fuck you, I ain't playing. You know, and Ed uh, Lauder uh, has the... You know, the other thing with Teal, too, in that movie is, yeah. is, he broke my fucking nose! He broke my fucking nose! And then and he fixes it. He says, I feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed Lauder has the best inline ever. One of the best inlines ever for a movie. Okay, go ahead. Eddie Albert's saying, shoot him, shoot him! And then he throws the gun down and he'll... He just fucking going for the game ball and walks off. Yeah. And before yeah. we say it's, our it's, favorite, let's talk about the worst. There's no oh, way. This oh, I, I can go. I can go on this one easy. A couple of them. What, what, you, what would you say? See if you agree with me. Well, let me put it this way: you go first. What's your worst? Any favorite? given Sunday. Okay, we don't agree, but go ahead. Okay, what? That is a bullshit movie. Mm hmm. Well, we've both got bullshit movies. Yeah, this is just. This is Oliver Stone just trying to be Oliver Stone. And Jamie Foxx sucks dick in this movie. LL Cool J sucks ass. Uh, Al Pacino overacts. Mm. What's her name who yeah, plays no the thanks. head girl? She she just plays a basically a girl with a dick. Yeah, n- not a good movie. What not was a good worst movie. Case? I think mine is worse. Though. What is it? Concussion. Now no, for those. Yeah, that one goes, yeah, yeah, point. That one's bullshit history, bullshit sports, and just 
bullshit and homophobia. Yeah. You're right. That one yeah, just so, clicks off four bucks. <laughs> so, so the whole story is when when this came out, and you remember this what four or five years ago. Uh, yeah. I was really looking forward to this film because I figured they're going to give it to 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 the NFL. They have to. Because all this is about is it's centered in Pittsburgh. It's uh, it starts with Mike Webster, who was a great uh, center for us and part of the uh, uh, the the, the nineteen seventy five seventy nine Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was homeless and he was, but they found that that the concussions were causing these neural problems. These um, and and it was a big news. And so the doctor who who did it was was this doctor from my uh, uh from Africa, I forget exactly where. Uh uh but anyway, they took this story which was, you know, set in stone and they just downplayed it. They they, they made the NFL, you know, uh not complicit in it. And and, and, and the character the doctor in real life was gay and yet they gave him a wife and they 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 did all this stuff and it's just total fucking bullshit and it made me very very angry because being a Pittsburgh fan knowing the story knowing that that Pittsburgh was the hub of this whole thing about about the safety of the players and so on and so forth and all the concussions knowing all that story and seeing how it was portrayed on screen absolutely was abysmal. Seriously. So that's my choice for worst football movie. And it's the first time i ever seen a gay African sound like a straight Philadelphian. Yeah, really. Let's not forget really. that Will Smith did not even try to do an accent. No. Nope. And soft pedaled the story too. Oh, it, it really soft pedaled the story. It, it was horrific. As far as I'm concerned. Now let's talk roller derby. This is another one that's like, yeah, we love the sport. Yeah, bullshit, buddy. You like watching girls skate around in a circle and beat the crap out of each other. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And there's only three movies here, so our top three would be, bottom would be Whip It, because it sucks, because it's a female empowerment movie rather than about the sport. And plus it's okay. got Ellen Juno Page in it, who sucks because she's in Juno. And anyone who is who's in <laughs> Juno that wasn't in Oz beforehand... J.K. Simmons. Well, you know, you have this thing about Judo. And I'll give you, I'll, I'll give it to you, but you know what? I like Ellen Page. So there. No, she sucks because she's in Juno. She doesn't have the gay J.K. <laughs> Simmons uh, uh, get out of jail free card. <laughs> but really, it's not that good. Next to our number two, and here's the hard one. Which one would you put as number two and number one? Men, you'll fight on that because your number one will be my number two, and my number two 
will be your number one. Your number one is my number two. Yeah. So we'll say my number one first since it's your number two, and they'll fit in. That's Unholy Rollers. That's the mean, nasty exploitation version of it with Claudia Jennings. And it's well worth watching. By the way, oh, anything with Claudia uh, Jennings is well worth watching, okay? Seriously. And Carl's number one, my number two, doesn't have a fucking ending. No, it doesn't, which I actually kind of like. Um, but that would be Kansas City Bomber with Raquel Welch. And I remember seeing that when I was a teenager. I was about 14 or 15 when I finally saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me, I, yeah, I, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just no. It's it's good. It just doesn't have Well, you know what? Raquel Welch actually does a really good job in that role. Oh, Raquel Welch I think does she's good, underrated. I would rather see her in a script like her. She would have been, if Unholy Rollers had Raquel Welch in it, that film would have just been orgasmic. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Unholy Rollers is the more brutal one. Uh, 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 Kansas City Bomber is is it's just I just like it. I've always liked Kansas City Bomber, and I think a lot of it has to do with Raquel Welch. So there. Yeah, but neither of them did well. Unholy Rollers did more money at the box office, but that's because anything Roger Corman did and putting the drive-ins in the seventies, especially Claudia Jennings fans, did good. No, oh, absolutely. Right now, I just want to put on uh, Jim Croce's Roller Derby Queen. Oh, nice. Yeah. she got a scout up face, a tooth missing in face, but she's the prettiest, sexiest woman I ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're saving baseball for last because that one's going to be the best. But now let's move on to fake sports. That would be okay. Well, we have a lot more, so so we'll do that, and then I'll give you all the ones that that I have. But go ahead, go with where you want to go. We're saving baseball for last because that's the one that we're going to have the biggest and probably the best films of this show. Yeah, I, I agree. But when I say fake sports, I'm talking sports made up for movies. Like, uh, you may not like Holly Potter, but I do love how she created such intricate freaking rules for Quidditch. This is yeah, yeah. For the sport, period. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it was like they have like different players. They would have seekers who chases the goal thing and two goalkeepers and that. It's a very mm-hmm. elaborate sport, and that's got my bonus. And number five would be, well, this is the cut you need to see, uh, salute to the juggers. But we know it in the U.S. is uh, blood of, what is it? Blood of, the, blood of heroes. Yeah, blood of heroes. If you get salute of the juggers, that is, it is a fucking amazing fucking movie. And 
Under the Hero isn't that fucking bad, too. No. It's just missing 20 minutes of plot. It's set in the near future, and it has Rutger Hauer as a leader of this sports team. When they travel from town to town playing this sport they call, well, Jugger, right? Right. And it's basically them fighting with another one to put a skull on a stake. The rules are a bit more elaborate than that. Mm-hmm. But it's good. And there's actually people who have started jugger leagues and actually have figured out to do how to do the sport. Very cool. And it's got one of our favorite sci-fi directors of the 90s. And that would be? David Twahey. T-O-W-O-A-Y. Chewy. 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 What do you think of uh, Blood of the... It's of been a while Louis since Tom. I've seen it, but you mentioned it's a David Chewy film, and I love him. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a good film. And Rutger Hauer, I mean, it, it's Rutger Hauer at his Howerist. Seriously. It's a, it's a really good film. Really good film. Yeah. And there's this one thing where he's like, Rule 22, juggers do not have sex with each other without, after a match, because you're just getting sweaty and rubbing cuts together. And then it shows uh, two of them going, Oh, God! Oh, oh, God! He stuck his head in. I told you. (laughs) Yep. But try to get blood of the juggers because it's missing 20 minutes and you know what's in those 20 minutes what the actual fucking ending to the movie okay you know how it just ends with them winning the big game in the blood of heroes and this one it says He's uh, leaving, and his rival's looking, and he said, well, you finally made it back. What do you got to say? Fuck you. And then it shows him quitting and giving the team to the other guy, and he said, I made it back. I told him, fuck you. I'm happy. I'm going home now. Nice. Yeah. And number four, we're going to have to go all the way back to 1910, and that would be one of the most remade movies ever. It ain't no Dracula, but how many how many times have you seen the most dangerous game without seeing the most dangerous game? Um, uh, twenty times. Yeah. At least. You would get uh, uh let's see, Battle Royale of uh, the this different versions of it. And the one that I would recommend people to watch for fun out of them would be The Running Man. Mm-hmm. On the fun factor, how good has that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie aged? I don't think it's aged that well, but it doesn't really I have to on a age. fun factor. Oh, on a fun factor, it's great. And there's really only one thing that's aged great about the movie. If you fight with me about that, I'll kill you. What? Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson is fucking awesome, period. 
And so is Yafet Kodo Yeah. Yeah, but even even stuff like Death Race 2000 is like that too. Yeah, Death Race 2000. That would be that would be another one of our great movies. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially uh, and of because of you how go, comedic it is. Right. You go into, of course, one of my favorite variations of that is Surviving the Game. Oh, God, yeah. You know what still weeps, makes me cry today that uh, what? Paul Bartell couldn't get the rights for for Death Race 2000? Yeah, I know. The Looney Tunes theme, because... Uh, if you've seen it before, you know there's a scene where Mary Warnoff drives to a fake scene, goes off the cliff, and right. it just goes boom. Originally, it's supposed to be dun 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 dun. Yep. But you know, you know, there's another one I I have to say. But any of those where it's hunting humans. There's there's a couple. The Tenth Victim is one you should check out. It's an Italian film. I would uh, put, yeah, I'm, that one's definitely in my top five. That one's that really, one's really, really good. And another one I would do on the same uh, thing is uh, Series uh, series 9. The Contenders. The Contenders. Both of those are really good. And are not and uh Got The next one in our fake sports uh Steven? Yeah. I'm here. Carl Steven seems to have left us again. Oh I haven't I'm right here, Jim Whit. Yeah, crap. Can you hear me? I got oh, knocked off. There? Are you? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm back. Okay, yeah, Are I got there? knocked off. Yes. Got knocked up? God damn, I told you not to be doing that shit during this fucking virus. <laughs> I said off, not up. Yeah. Well, yeah, Fuck there's you. so many when we get into the hunting humans. That would be like the king of the fake sports uh, genre. But it's not the number one. And it also ties with our worst fake sports movie. Because Uh-oh. they're both the, sa- both the same film. As in, number one is the 1970s original, and the worst is the fucking remake. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and that would be Rollerball. Rollerball. Yep. God, that I love the original. is so I fucking love the original. stupid. Oh, well, well, I went to see that in a fucking theater. The the remake. I literally did. I, I walked out. That's one of the few movies I walked out on. Imagine taking the 1970s rollerball and taking out all political fucking context. Yeah. And turning it into a bro movie. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The political, the thing about 70 side pie, as a general rule, is there was political and social comment. And, and, and uh, though a bit heavy-handed because of the director, uh, Rollerball has it in spades. And, and, it's, and, and it's got some of the best acting. And James Caan is really good in this. Yeah. Really good. Uh, and, and basically so it's... His name, the guy who plays the head of the network who doesn't want uh, James Caan to be a hero. Uh, well, there, uh, there's, there's two of them. There's that, that is um, uh, John Hausman. John Hausman, yeah. Right, and then Sir Ralph Richardson is in there too. Yeah, but uh, still, John Hausman takes the movie. Oh, John Hausman is just great. And basically, it's a, a star of this, this, this uh, sport, which is sort of like roller derby. But uh, uh, more and more, they're using it to control the masses. So the masses want more violence. So the idea is that they want this star player to lose and to die because they don't want any more heroes. Plus, they're trying to get guys into the league that are more violent, and he's old school. Right. It, He's it, like, it, it's I'm really old school. Good. I don't do that violent shit. And they're like, oh, we got to get rid of him. He's going against the... the... Yeah, he's going against the grain. Yeah, we don't like that shit. Yep. Absolutely. Because if they get that, if they get the guy, you know, like, oh, he's a dead man. Good. We don't have to pay him more than one match. Yeah. Yeah, and it gets... Yeah, it gets into economic politics, too. It's like they don't want a hero because they know they have to pay him more. It's not only that. It's it's the control of the masses. It's also uh, it's a lot yeah. like network where, where, where you know, they, they, they want to break the masses and, and, and they, want, they, they want to control them. And so it's like they can't have a hero. And that's what James Conn yeah, is. Yeah, there's so many angles to it, which is why it's good. Yeah, absolutely. I like the remake, which is a one-trick pony. He's going to be the star of this sport, man. Yeah. Oh, God help us. The, the remake is absolutely horrifically bad. It truly is. And now we're going to an illegal sport. Street racing. I didn't even know we were going to go here. Don't worry. So you I don't know what the number one to... is. Okay. And I would say the number one three, three if you're looking to watch it, is Street Racers, the one that, that Robert Rodriguez did for the Roger Corman Presents series. Okay. Have you ever seen it? No, I've never seen that. Imagine Robert Rodriguez with his style doing a 50s-style J.D. street racing movie. Nice. That would be fun as fuck, man. (laughs) Oh, it is. Selma Hayek's the girl, uh, David Arquette in his best role ever as uh, 
just a badass uh, racer who lives for speed. Nice. Oh, it's good. It's the best thing to come out of that Roger Corman Presents series that he did. Well, one of the two best to come out of there. The second is one that you love to death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those two you need to see. Uh, Street Racers, I forget what the main title is. Yes, Stevens will screw up as usual, but yeah. And uh, number three would have to be Gone in 60 seconds because that has one of the best car chase scenes in fucking ever. Oh, well, well, Gone in 60 seconds is just fucking awesome. And and we're talking about the original by J.P. Alicky. We're not talking the Nicholas J.P. Alicky, not the sequel. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful thing. Well, forget number two. Let's skip to number one. Uh, would you think that if me and Carl talking about uh, street racing films, we would be talking about an existential film from the 70s that deals with the modern male and the modern society's lack of give a fuck and their lack of ability to finish anything? Would that be a logical choice, Carl? Well, you know what? When you talk about racing films, and and, and someone, when I posted the whole thing, someone mentioned this movie, and and of course we're talking about Tulane Blacktop. To me, this is the the existential car movie. This is not a racing movie. This is the existential car movie, along with the street. It's set in the legal street racing world, and it's the best. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. Well, it's a wonderful (laughs) film. It's a wonderful yeah. film, but but the race doesn't mean anything. Right, that's supposed- the point. Like rollerball, the game itself doesn't mean anything. Anything. No. And this is about people where. Well, I want to talk Warren Oates' character, and you can talk younger too, since they're born. You're mm-hmm. Warren Oates is the uh-huh. guy who drives around in his car talking about the good old days. Talking about girls that he screwed, cars that he driven, and he's living in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and I you have two other characters. You have the driver and the mechanic, and they That's pair. Name, they they pair together, and they have a car, and and they just drive around, and and they go to these races, and so. They meet up with GTO, which is Warren Oates. There's also the girl, which is played by Lori Bird, who sort of gets in between them. And suddenly, it's all about, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, one of the the real uh, 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 catchphrases in 70s films, either actually or the basic point of it, is it doesn't mean a fucking thing, does it? What we do doesn't mean anything. And that that really is what the movie is about. It's about this ennui. Re- that yeah, you realize it's not going to be your normal racing film. Is uh, when about forty minutes in, uh, GTO's car breaks down. 
So the driver and the mechanic said, fuck it, we'll wait to get your car fixed because it won't mean anything if we win the race like this. Yeah. And the Very girl true. is the only one who's actually living in the future, living towards something because she rides with DTO and realizes she's living in the past and ditches him for the driver and the mechanic. And once she realizes all they care about is driving around in the car, she leaves them to go off with somebody who's actually going somewhere. Exactly. It's all about traveling and not going anywhere. As opposed to being quarantined and not going anywhere. (laughs) Sorry, I had to do that. Yeah, and the whole movie, the movie even doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Because at the end, it just melts. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's one of my all-time favorite films, and it's uh, directed by Monty Hellman. So, So, yeah, you need to see that not as a sports movie, but you need to see it just as a movie because it is brilliant. Brilliant film. Yeah, now let's go on, before we go to hockey, into NASCAR. Yes, there are three good legal racing films. And, uh, well, I I'll just skip it down. This is just 817, let's just keep burn it down into two. Number two would be a Canadian film from the 70s that has William Smith as a race car driver on uh, the drag strip circuit. Mm-hmm. And it's about how he's dealing with corruption in racing, represented by John Saxon. And there's this one bizarre scene where he makes that, where he screws a girl by pouring engine oil all over her, in front of her body, isn't there, Carl? Yes, there is. What kind of director would put a scene in a fucking movie where the sexual element is a girl covered in motor oil? Uh, that would be David Cronenberg. And it would be Fast Company. That is a great... Which is my number one, by the way. This is my number one. So, yes. Yeah. Well, my number one's a little bit different than yours. It's more Southern, but you'll see once we say it. Uh, yeah, this is a good one. And it's and for all you people that says it ain't part of David Cronenberg's filmography, you really don't know David Cronenberg the person, do you? No. Man's a gearhead. Yeah. I mean, it is great. There's so many beautiful freaking shots, like the shot of the the team traveling through the road and there's Cronenberg in the car next to him just filming shots of the truck. Yeah. Underrated, you need to see it, Fast Company, it rocks. But my number one would be one that you wouldn't expect from me, and that would be Grease Lightning. I like Grease Lightning. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's the story about the first black driver in NASCAR. And this is set when NASCAR was in its early stages where they created it to try to get the moonshiners to stop by the moonshine. Yep. And Wendell 
God was just like, well, do you remember the one Tony Jim quote she did, uh, Rapid Roy, that stock car boy? Mm-hmm. That was based on yep. Wendell Scott, you know, the uh, driving through the car with a toothpick in his mouth and a smile on his face always. Yep. Yeah, that's all he was. I mean, he was black, but he he was always one of those, you know, driving with a smile on his face, even if he lost. Of course, it's one. It's a good role for Richard Pryor in this movie too. Let's not yeah. forget that. Wendell Scott was really one of the first stars of NASCAR because he allowed himself to be used as the star, the face, you know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't one of those tough, toughest cob, moonshine, redneck boys. Mm-hmm. It's only when they started copying him that he really lost some most of his glamour. And the movie gets into that, too. Yeah. Ain't that a bitch? I do that for years, and I'm not, I get to be a star. Some dumb white boy does that one race, and he's already bigger than me. Yeah. And he had, for a time, the record for fastest pit crew. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now we're into hockey. Number three will be the Mighty Ducks. Joke. Ha ha, fuck that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping that was a joke. Yeah. But really, number two would be, well, we've got top two. Number two would be Slapshot. Interesting. Most people give that number one. Um, uh, and and, and now, I, like I agree with you about that little film that came out. This is the, really the first movie to really shine a starlight outside of the inner hockey circle of what what has become lovely known as what position did it basically highlight and make the star? The goon. Yeah, the goon. The, the... You know, the guy that fights everyone. The asshole. Right. And it's about them finding out that... And hockey tries to hide that part of history, but it's true. Hockey did not really catch on much in USA until the goon became big. Absolutely. It's about the fights. It really is. Yeah. Penalties and so on. And, and so the best thing about the slapstick movie is the Hanson brothers. Because they oh, actually yeah, were hockey was. players and hockey goons. Yeah. It's a good oh, film. It's a good film. What? It's a good film. Yeah. You know, uh, written by Lorenzo Semple, which just passed away not too long ago. Uh, um, you know, Paul Newman, one of his best roles. It's a it's a good movie. Not my favorite in hockey, but it's a good movie. Oh, and real quick, the worst in a NASCAR movie, we forgot Talladega Nights, The Days of Ricky Bobby. Fuck that movie. Okay, good. Moving on. 
And the number two worst hockey film, we got two of them, man, two. Okay. And that would be Slapstick Shot 2 and 3. God. Damn. I never even knew there were, were, were sequels to Slapshot. Yeah, they, they're they too DTV, DTV shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sometimes we don't need to know there are sequels. You yeah. could just not mention them and none of us would know. <laughs> See, yeah. But the best, and me and Carl, this is a new film, and it came out of nowhere. It barely even had a release. And, and the thing I love about this movie, the thing I love about this movie is it has heart. Yeah, this and movie it was has heart. On, one of the greatest hockey songs ever, which would be the Goon Song by Warren Zevon. Mm-hmm. And Corey, you can go now because this is Goon, the one that came out five years ago, starring William Patrick Scott. And I didn't expect much from this when I seen it. What about you? I I had heard a couple people told me. Uh, I said, "You, we know you love North Dallas Forty. You need to see this movie." I said, you're kidding. And he said, oh, you got to see this. And and one person said, you'll like it better than Slapshot. Trust me. And so I went to see it, and they were absolutely right. I think this is a gem of a little movie. It's just, you know what it reminds me of? The little engine that could. You know, it's just that little movie that gets it all right. And it's just this nice little small diamond in the rough. And 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 it's really well done. And he is so good in the major role. Uh, William, uh, Sean William Scott. He's just wonderful. And it's really good, man. Recommended highly. And like I said, it's based on the goon song by Warren Zevon, which is about a hockey goon who all he wants in the world is just to score one shot. Yep. And it really is about how they beat the crap out of them. They just basically send them out to get them to beat the crap, and they don't give a damn if they get any time to play or not. Exactly. Okay, real quick before we go to baseball, what would you consider to be the best golf film? Uh, we've, we've talked about this. Hold on, I have it here. Where is it? Well, there's only one for me. What? And I think it's the same one for you. And it's surprising because it's an Adam Sandler film. And it's Happy Gilmore. I love Happy Gilmore. Oh, God, yes, Happy Gilmore. I love Happy Gilmore. I'll see you later, pal. Richard Gill. And I'll see you later. In the parking lot. Home! Don't you want to go home? Don't you want to go home? That's home! And of course, one of the greatest movie fights ever, and yes, anyone, and yes, I include Kung Fu and all that, and that is Bob Barker versus Adam Sandler. That is just such a great fight. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. I love that movie. 
I, that that is by far his best comedy in a heartbeat. It's sweet. That it one has just gets heart. It. It's hilarious. It has Richard Keel. <laughs> yeah, and it has Carl Weathers, the guy who quit <laughs> hot golf because of alligator cut off his hand. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. And now we're on to the main event, which because it's spring, okay. it opens. And plus, we got five good ones. That is, dun, 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 baseball. Okay, but before we go to baseball, I want to go okay. through a couple others, just off the top of your head, because I did this whole thing. Okay. Okay. And if you can't think of something off the head, I'll I'll give you my my uh, uh, choices. Ice oh, you skating. Your pick as well. Yeah, ice skating. What do you think? Best ice skating film. Ice Castles. No, that's Tanya. dedicated to two friends out there, and they know who they are. You okay. Know, Tanya. The one about Tanya Harding. Shut the fuck up. Forever. Oh, my God. It's the Mormon tubercular choir. <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, so uh, uh, ice hockey has to be Tanya. We already okay. ice skating. Ice skating. Ice skating. Yeah, well, really, it Tennis. is Tanya because that's a nasty, dirty Tennis. little Tennis. Tennis. California sweet for that fucking tennis match between Bill Cosby and... Uh, Richard Pryor, when they find out they've been screwing each other's wives. Oh, that's cool. Actually, you yeah, know what? There's you... a good movie that came out a couple years ago that I really like called Battle of the Sexes, which is the the, the story of the Billie Jean King, uh, Bobby Riggs. And, uh, it's uh, not as mean as it name? should have been. I liked it, though. I liked it. I liked it's it a good, lot. but like I said, I was expecting something meaner. Yeah, yeah, but I liked it. I thought it was good. Okay, uh, did you know there was a curling movie? Yeah, uh, Kelly said something about Men that. with Brooms. Men I've with never brooms. seen it, but it's out there. Okay? Of course, if you want to watch a movie about dodgeball, well, that red dodgeball. <laughs> Duh. Okay, but your favorite to get the unrated version that has the original ending, which is a hell of a lot fucking funnier than the movies. Okay. So, your favorite poker or card game movie? We talked about this. California Split. Yeah, California Split is great. Fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. And, and I would happen to agree with him. I would also put a shout out to uh, Paul Th- Thomas Anderson's Heart Eight. Which I think is really good. How about a boxing movie? Fat City for me. Yeah, I I could see that. And of course, you know, there's Rocky, there's Raging Bull. But if you want a movie that you want a movie that you haven't seen, yeah, uh, Champion, the old uh, uh, Kirk Douglas one from the fifties. Check that one out. Really, really good. Good. Okay, soccer. Soccer. 
Oh, Shaolin Soccer. My bad. Okay. And I would say Victory. It's it's a pretty cheesy movie, but it's got Pele in it. Fuck it. It's good. Um, Okay. Here's one that I hadn't talked to you about, but if you don't pick what I picked, I'm going to be surprised. Gymnastics. What would you pick? Jim Cotta. Yeah, Jim Cotta. This cousin's Jim got Cotta. a man in it. It's got Buck in it, damn it. Yeah, Buck Kardashian. Buck. Yay. Okay, Bob Sledding. Cool running. Yeah, there's no other choice. Yeah. Okay. Skiing. Best ski scene? Uh, James Glickenhouse's... Uh, well, me, James Glickenhouse's The Protector. Okay. Three but six, about the actual... Somebody upside down with a machine gun. Fuck yeah! <laughs> okay, but but what about the actual sport? Downhill run. Never seen... Okay. i tell you one that I really liked that I saw about five years ago. It, it sort of went... As Eddie the Eagle Really liked Eddie the Eagle It was fun And of course one more before we, we go on To baseball And of course you disagree with me But you don't think this is a sport But fuck you I've played this You've got you to be uh, When you play chess You've got to really really It's physical trust me Your favorite chess movie Uncut Night Moves With Christopher Lambert Okay, I have to go with Searching for Bobby Fischer. And my close follow-up will be fresh. Okay. Uh, That's a good one, actually. My follow-up on that would be The Chess Players by Saviat Bray. But, uh, yeah. Oh, don't forget the one with Bruno Gans, too. Oh, that one's awesome. What the hell is the name of that? Uh, Black Knight, White King, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. It has yeah. one of the best chess okay. scenes ever where uh, uh, Bruno Gans drives his opponent crazy just by playing with a marble during the game while he's trying to uh, think. Oh, yeah. He's and that's, fucking that's, it's, it's all me. mind games, man. Yeah. Playing chess is all fucking mind games. Same with poker, too. It's playing your opponent. It's uh, <clears throat> And I'm good at both. I'm good at chess, and I'm I'm real good at poker. So, yeah. Uh, okay. We're at, oh, story. you know what we didn't think of? Hold on. Basketball. The fish that saved Pittsburgh. That's the <laughs> fucking Lutley. Thank you. <laughs> and let's not forget that one, that Russian fantasy movie about the guy who snuck out of Russia. By hiding inside a chess computer, hiding inside a box and calling it a chess computer. Yes. Yep. That was uh, Alexander Alekin, I think. Yeah. And it's such a great truth. It actually happened, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're at baseball now. So now, now you take it over again. Okay. My number five top baseball movie, Angels in the Outfield Originals 50s version. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. What would be your number five? That one. That that one works for me. Okay. That's on my list. Number four. Pride of the Yankees. 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 Number four, I'm going to have to go with the Stratton story. It's about uh, James Stratton, who was a player, uh, and it's Jimmy Stewart, but he loses his leg in the war. But he comes back and pitches, you know, uh, um, pitches. So, yeah, there you go. That would be my number four. And you understand where I got the echo joke on part of the Yankees, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Today, day, day is the greatest <laughs> day, day, day of my, my life. life. <laughs> yep. And plus, it's about, it's not only about baseball, it's about the beginning of Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, for me, number three, it would be uh, that one that, about the one-armed uh, baseball guy. And it's a tie. Three's a tie. The one-armed baseball, the one with uh, Keith Carradine, the, about the guy with one arm who played baseball. Right. Who was that, Carl? That, that's the one that I picked. I, I, I said it was a leg, but it was an arm. Uh, Stratton story. Yeah, I'm talking about the one from the 80s with Keith Carradine starring. Oh, oh, no, I don't know that one. I know of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's good. Mm -hmm. And tied with it is the only baseball movie with the title from a Western song. Okay. Bang the drum slowly and bang the drum loudly. Bang the drum slowly. Wonderful film. Weepies. There ever is one of the best movies about what it means to be a baseball team ever. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we've talked many times on the show how we would think, thought that after watching Bang the Drum Sully that, damn, this Moriarty guy is going to be the fucking star in this movie. Yep. But it wasn't. It was. It was Robert De Niro. But how great is that movie? It's a wonderful film. It's it's a great weepy. It, it really is. You know there are weepies that work, and that is certainly one of them. Yeah, we didn't mention on the football, but the king of the weepies is Brian's song, "Man Weepies." Absolutely. Absolutely. What would be your number three baseball movie, Carl? Oh, I I gotta give a this one. Come on, you know, what? you know it has Walter Matthau as a drunken coach That's of a bunch of two, little so leaguers. We can kill them both. <laughs> the Bad News Bears, man. Fucking love the Bad News Bears. Yeah, and it has one of the best messages ever to kids. Hey, take this trophy. You did good. Fuck you! We're gonna kick your ass next year. (laughs) (laughs) 
They don't say the the F word in that, but they say every other word in that movie. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Really, that's the mentality you kids need to take out of life. If if you lose that time, look at them and go, yeah, I kick ass next time. Next time, I'm going to (laughs) win. I love that movie. Fucking love that movie. Okay. Number two for you. Or or number three for you. Well, I've already said number three, and I already just we just talked about my number two. So well, I'll number get two. So number two for me. Both. Okay. Wait. So I'll go number two for me. Okay. Uh, and you might want to strangle me a little bit. Uh, but I have to say, Field of Dreams. I'm surprised that's not your number one. That's what I was expecting as your number one. Uh, oh, 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 no, no, I take it back. I take, that is my number one. My number two <laughs> is Eight Men Out. Oh, God, yeah. John Sales at his prime, John Cusack at his prime. One of the best baseball stories ever. And it's one of the first to really get into the side of the two guys, Shoeless Joe Jackson and John Cusack's character, who got fucked in the ass in this whole deal. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or to quote Kennesaw Mount Landis, I know you didn't cheat, but if we let you off, it would make us look weak so you can't play baseball anymore. Yep. How courageous was it of sales to really tackle both sides of that nasty little story? Well, he did. Sales, sales was the perfect person to do it. You know, uh, the man is extremely literate. He's also uh, really is a great researcher. If you take a look at his his movies, a lot of them are set in the past. Uh, Mate One and Eight Men Out and uh, Honey Dripper and uh, and he really, really did his research and he wanted to present it in such a way that it was even-handed and that's the way he is. Great, great film. And if you're looking for something to watch, anything from about 85, which is Return of the Sea Caucus 7 and... Uh... Up to about ninety six, ninety seven is prime John Sales period. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But me and Carl, we both agree on the worst. Let's make sure we we agree on the worst. What is your no, choice for the me, worst? We've cursed this out many a time. This is okay. a treacly piece of shit that came out in the eighties. Where, hip, where a Mexican director came to America and tried to make a Mar- Mexican magic realism film out of a book that was just utter bullshit. And that would be The Natural. Oh, good God. I fucking hate this movie. See? There's a lot of reasons for this, okay? Uh... The book is a brutal book. Okay? It was written in, in the 50s, I think. 
And uh, uh, it wasn't Mordecai Rickler. I forget who it was, uh, but a Jewish writer. The same writer who did uh, the Piddler on the Roof stories, the stories that that's based on. And it's a, it's really about about uh, this character who's Jewish but doesn't let anyone know he's Jewish, becomes a baseball player, but he but the mob knows and all this type of stuff. And he's not a hero. Yeah, in and, the book, and, the girl and, that shoots him is someone that he date rates. Right, exactly. And and and, and so, so what did they do? Director Barry Levinson not only changes the ending, but changes the main character, the fucking Robert Redford, and takes out everything that was brutal in the book and makes it, oh, he's getting old and... He needs to hit a home run at the end to make sure that everybody remembers him. Fuck you. It's not what the book it's is about. It's a home about. run in the book, but he doesn't make it. Why? Because as he's passing around third, his bullet wound opens again, and he dies before he hits home plate, taking away any sense of success that he has. Exactly. And in this one, he gets the girl, gets his son back, and all that bullshit. It is it is an absolute travesty of a film. Seriously. And I like Levinson as a director. But man, I fucking hate that movie. Yeah. Seriously. See, I told you. And my number one, Carl's would be dead. We already know what Carl's is. We'll get to it. But mine would be Major League. Screw you. That's a great, funny baseball film. Oh, are you kidding? I love that movie. That my would be one of my runners between, up. Uh, uh, Major League and Bull Durham. I know you hate that fucking movie, but I just I don't like Bull Durham. The- I don't. What? I don't like Bull Durham, but I but I love Major League. I love Major League. I love all the little details about minor league baseball that it gets right because my dad played it, and I've seen a lot of guys like him play in the minor, minor, minor leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, like when uh, Kevin Costner, uh, like, I don't want to play tomorrow. Is that the only way we're going to quit playing is if there's a rain out? So they go and flood the field. <laughs> well, God, God, boys, we got some rain out. It, yeah, it's it, it's not a bad movie. Bull Durham and Tim Robbins has got some of the and Tim Robbins has got one of his best bits ever when he sit, when he missings a song to tenderness. Right. Young girls get woolly. They do get woolly. And then Kevin Costner goes in U mode. Shut the fuck up. What? Shut the fuck up. What? They get weary, not woolly. When the fuck does a girl get woolly? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Major League. No, I, I, I got to give one other one uh, uh, as a uh, runner up. I don't know what uh, you think of this movie, but I loved it. Uh, and again, it's actually about one of my my second favorite team in all baseball, which is the Oakland Athletics, and that would be Moneyball. 
Major League, what most people don't know, really is based on a true story uh, where a woman did buy a baseball team wanting them to go into the gutter. But for some reason they had one of their best seasons ever and she ended up stuck with her investment rather than the quick cash sale and selling off the contracts like she wanted. Right. But yep. everyone is great in that movie. Tom Berenger, uh, Corbin Burns, and I love him. No, i tell you who steals that movie. James Ooh. Gannon. James Gannon as the, the coach. Yeah, I love that. He has the best scene ever in a baseball film. My contract says that I don't have to fucking slide. Gammon grabs his contract, throws him on the ground, takes his dick out, and pisses on it. That's <laughs> <what> I- contract. <laughs> he pissed on my contract. <laughs> James Gammon is wonderful in that movie. Yeah. He really if is. I don't and see it, it, slide, it, it, I'll beat the shit out of you myself. Do you understand? <laughs> Yeah, my dad liked that movie, too. My dad really liked that movie. And so that was one of the few ones that we bonded over. Um, But I did want to give a shout-out to Moneyball, uh, which is a film about the Oakland Athletics and about Billy Bean. And the whole idea of what, what baseball has become now is all data and math. And who would think that someone can make an interesting Really good movie about math and baseball. And it's a unique film, and I, I recommend it highly. And Jonah Hill made me stand up and notice about how good he is in this movie. Seriously, and Brad Pitt does real and well, too. only problem I have with Moneyball is it didn't have the nasty, sour, denounced end part, which it should have had. Well, when, Which was, well, they did good that first year. Then immediately, every other fucking team stole what they're fucking doing, and then they went in the toilet. Yeah, but but being being that still was the head, they still did pretty well. And, uh, you know, the next season wasn't nearly as good, but then two seasons after that, they were back. They were back in it for like two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, and then he went to Pittsburgh, and he did really good for Pittsburgh for a while. And your movie is so good. We got another one to throw in. Yeah, we're going to throw in a lot of shit in baseball because it's going to be good. And that would be Anthony Perkins and Fear Strikes Out. Absolutely. God, that is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. And underrated, too. Yes, agreed. Agreed. It's based on a and, true and story. What was he? Is a schizophrenic? Well, well, he, they never really said, but yeah, schizophrenic would be my guess. And it's basically about this Red Sox player by the name of Jimmy Pearsall. And, and uh, it really, you know, for 57, this is a pretty daring film because it gets into some uh, abuse issues and some sexual abuse issues. Um, and and that, that's a really good one uh, to come out. I, I want to... Since we're talking baseball and we're going through baseball films, 
I need to mention a couple of others. <coughs> I saw this movie about four or five years ago. Or actually, now it's seven years. Good God. And all of a sudden, I thought, okay, it's a Disney movie. It's about this baseball player that's very famous. And holy shit, I'm in a fucking Tarantino movie? And that would be 42. And the story of Jackie Robinson uh, uh, coming into uh, 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 Integrate Baseball and... There's there's a number of scenes, but one in particular uh, with the Philadelphia <coughs> manager, who was a real person, and he's played by uh, <coughs> what's the guy's name from Firefly? I didn't watch Firefly because well, I don't watch uh, that. Uh, uh, that Tudyk, show. Alan Tudyk, uh, Alan Tudyk, and suddenly Alan Tudyk shows up and. Every other word is nigger, and it's nasty, and it's brutal, and 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 it shows what he went through. It's it's really a good film, and 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 I and thought most at people the time, be like, well, why would Jackie Robinson's family allow them to do that? That was one of the main stipulations in the contract. If you don't use the N word. We have the right to take the film and not let you make see let it be shown. Yeah, they wanted it real. Jackie Robinson didn't hide. You know what I mean? No, no, he didn't. And it's a really good film. And it was the first film that Chadwick Boseman really shone out on, and 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 he does a really good job here. Uh, and I've got to mention that because it's a damn good film. I was really pleased with that film. And it has, and it does good with the one of the one of the most famous Jackie Robinson moments ever. Uh, before the game, Kennesaw, Landis looked at him and said, "Now." And he walked out there, and this guy said, "Hey, nigger!" And then Robinson said, "Fuck you, cracker." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wasn't that about? Didn't. Him and Landis lay low about two seasons before he told him now. Yeah. Uh huh. And that was Ricky, Ranch Ricky, actually. That's who you mean. Yeah, Ranch Ricky. Yeah, but I'm retarded, so sue me. Oh, don't worry about it. So one more, and then I'll I'll shut up about baseball movies. Now I don't think this is the greatest movie of all time, but. Tommy Lee Jones was born to play this character. And that would be Cobb. Now, uh, there's a lot of revisionism in it, and and the other character that's played by Robert Wool, the journalist, uh, it's now known that he embellished a lot. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter. Because Tommy Lee Jones has, is really good in this, and <laughs> warts it all, and more warts. With with uh, uh, Ty Cobb, who is, you know, one of the nastiest people on the face of the earth. But yeah. one of the great one of the great scenes in this movie is um, actually happened. So uh, Cobb is long retired. It's in the '60s, early '60s, and he goes to Las Vegas. And there's Trini Lopez uh, uh, singing along with Keely Smith, 
and sees that Cobb is in the audience and brings him up and asks him a couple of questions. One of the questions he says, well, you know, if you were in the, the major leagues today, what would you be hitting? And, and, and uh, uh, Ty Cobb says, oh, I'd probably hit around 260, 270. He says, but you were a 300 hitter when you were playing. I, I'm surprised you wouldn't hit 300. And he looks at him and says, I'm fucking 70 years old, you asshole. <laughs> and I got to quote one of the best inline cards ever, which is showed okay. at the Robert Wolves character shown in a bar. And it said, Robert Wolves character's name was exposed as a lying son of a bitch six years later. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. But his number one, well, let's say the book is about Shoeless Joe Jackson, and Shoeless Joe Jackson is the focus of the book, and the book's called Shoeless Joe. But when, who directed it, Carl? Uh, 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 Philip Alden Robinson. Yeah, but when they made it into a movie, they changed one detail about that. And it took this movie from about 9 to fucking 11 for baseball fans. And it's still a historical monument nowadays. Oh, absolutely. And this year, or was it last year? No, this year, they were going to play the all-star game at said historical monument. Yes, that, that's true. And what movie that's and what true. monument would that be? Well, you're talking about Field of Dreams, the, the uh, 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 Iowa uh, baseball field, in the, which is still there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's a movie that you could say was manipulative, but I tell you, at the end of that movie, and it is weeping in its own way, uh, trust me, you'll have a cry, and and it earns it. And I'll tell you something else about Field of Dreams. It's that speech, that speech by James Earl Jones. That speech is just amazing. And the biggest difference for the book is that the whole scene with the father, we're going in overtime, folks, takes place. Before the last quarter of the book. So he gets, so his father gets to meet his wife, his son, his daughter. It's a little bit too dragged out. But they right. save that scene for the climax. And it's just about him and his father making peace rather than, you know. The whole family. And I agree with that change, don't you, Carl? Oh, I do too. I do too, and, and another thing too. I got a. Now we talk about Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones, but there's someone else that really uh, uh, is a great addition to that cast, and that's Amy Madigan as his wife. Amy's just she's one. There's that scene at the PTA meeting, which is just fucking awesome. Seriously. No, her moment is that one scene when her the way her eyes light up when she finally sees what's going on. Yeah. Yep. 
And the fact that you sports guys are not bitching, you know what that shows to me? How much they truly love the sport, more than anything they can do. But baseball really hasn't been the same since the strike. The strike broke the fans' hearts. This proves if you break the fans' hearts, they will go away. But if you have a legit reason in the fans' eyes, they'll wait. Yeah, true. Right now, us sports fans are like the forlorn lover waiting at the train station with a rose in their hand, knowing that their true love is going to be back one day, and they will be there to give them that flower. Mm-hmm. And we will. And they will, won't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's wrap things up. What's going down on the DL this week? Well, right now I could tell you this. On Thursday, uh, the DLN, we're going to be doing a a show on Filipino films from the Philippines uh, with uh, my friend Noel Vera, uh, and that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and it'll be, you know, this is stuff uh, that a lot of people don't know. So, you know, come and listen and, and educate yourself about Filipino films, and and we'll tell you where to watch them and and what to look for. And that's that's good because I always want to learn about stuff too. So that's what we're doing on Thursday, and then Adam has a show on Friday. Uh, I forget exactly what it is. I'd have to look it up, but. He's actually got things planned until mid-May at this point. It's I've created right. a monster over there. It's cool. So that's what we have going on. However, I think we have a special thing uh, uh, going on on Tuesday, don't, don't you and I? Yeah, and we didn't mention this movie in our top five because we're going to be talking about it Tuesday, and it is the only movie to really deal with the Negro Leagues, and that is the Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. So be here Tuesday for the KSDAD Special Edition Late Night Movie of Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. And Thursday we have the first of our Criterion Month with Red Sun. Oshiro Mufune. Charles Bronson, Carl Kafer, Victoria Love, Steve Esteban Miguel Ronquillo. Yes, we all enjoy <laughs> this classic. Yeah, and we're doing we're, we're uh, now we're recording that, and then you'll you'll bring that out on on uh, Thursday night. I actually have a show Thursday night, so we're doing it in the afternoon actually. So that's cool. Yeah. So, and next Sunday, we don't know what we'll got, but to close out the show and learning that John Prine has uh, the COVID, I picked one of his songs that really goes along with this and the sports end. So let's listen to Summer's End by John Prine. I don't know if I've let you hear this song. Okay. I'll I'll listen, not a problem. And 
Good night. Here we go. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time, and good night. Good night. Summer's in around the bend, just flying. The swimming suits are on the line, just drying. I'll meet you there for our conversation. I hope I didn't ruin your whole vacation. Well, you never know. How far from home you're feeling Until you've watched the shadows cross the ceiling Well, I don't know, but I can see it snowing In your car, the windows are wide open Just come on home Come on home no, you don't have to be alone. Just come on home. Valentine, break hearts and minds at random. That old Easter egg. Ain't got a leg to stand on Well, I can see That you can't win for trying And New Year's Eve Is bound to leave you crying Come on home Come on home No, you don't have to Be alone Come on home The moon and stars Hang out in bars Just talking I still love That picture of us Walking Just like that old house we thought was haunted. Summer again came faster than we wanted. Come on home. Come on home. No, you don't have to be alone. Come on home. Come on home. You don't have to be alone. Just come on home.